Good morning, good morning. I pray you are ready to go today. It is a big day today, right? Are we in the house of the Lord? We have an opportunity to see one another. Look to the person and say, man, I love you. And Jesus loves you more. I have to reflect, I have to reflect on this group of seniors that we are graduating out, that graduated out this past week from our various campuses that have participated here at Heritage over the past years. And um, you have to know that they've had an influence on the campus. What would it be like if we were to have that type of an influence for Jesus in the workplace? I'm just telling you. I was privileged yesterday to, to, there was a man that waited for one of our graduates outside the gate to be able to tell them how much of an impact they had had on their life. And they didn't even go to graduation. They were a part of the program this kid was a part of. They waited outside the gate so they could see them because they, they won't maybe never see them again. And they said, I just want you to know the influence and impact you've had on my life for Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Um, I told, sent a note to some of the graduates that are coming up next year that will be moving into place, and I just said, you've got big shoes to fill. We have big shoes to fill. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It's not just assembling on Sunday morning, but living for Jesus every day of the week. Amen? So talking about big shoes to fill, I remember the trip that Meredith and I took And I don't remember if our 20th anniversary or the 25th anniversary or which trip it was. And somebody's so excited about it over here. And that's just great. It was a great trip, just so you know that. But um, here we are. We pull up and they're unloading our luggage. And uh, Meredith looks down. She goes, hey, where's my shoe bag? I go, baby, I don't know where your shoe bag. It's not my job to pack your shoes. I don't know where your shoes are. And she said, I don't see my shoe bag. And there's a a sense of anticipation, excitement, uh, curiosity. Um, uh, I don't know what else you want to call it. Uh, there was a, a panic that sort of took over that conversation. And she goes, you don't understand. All of my shoes are in that bag. Where's my bag at? I see all my other bags, but I don't see my shoe bag. Now, now for me, that's not that big a deal. For a woman, big deal, right? And said, you don't understand. I've got all these things that are packed up in my shoes. All of my shoes, I got this and this and this. And she starts to explain to me. I said, baby, I don't know. What did you do with my shoe bag? I didn't do anything with your shoe bag. You were supposed to pack my shoe bag. I said, baby, I packed what I saw. You didn't get my shoe bag, did you? I said, baby, I don't know. I have no earthly idea. Needless to say, we had to run and go get shoes that day because somebody left their shoe bag at the house. I don't know if it was me or not, but anyway... It was a costly mistake. <laughs> so, so anyway, anytime we get ready to go on a trip, we've got to pack, right? We've got to pack some luggage. We've got to pack some things. And Meredith and I are just a little bit different. I just sort of think, man, I've got money to spend. Okay, I just grab some stuff and throw it. And that looks good. And I, I close it up and I'm ready to go. Now, for the woman of the house, it's just a little bit different. In my house, it's just a little bit different because, especially when the times the kids were coming up, because she... She was a machine. That's all I got to say. I mean, she had a checklist. She had an inventory. And the packing began sometimes days, even weeks in advance. Are you with me? And, and that sometimes we would have that, what my brother Steve calls intense fellowship leading up to the departure. 
because I'm thinking to myself, baby, there is no way we're going to get all that stuff in that van. It's just not going to fit. It's just not going to happen. And she goes, just trust me. I'll take care of it. And I'm thinking, all right, somehow we would get it all in there. But we look like the Clampets going down the highway. <laughs> Those of you that are younger, you don't understand that comment, okay? But the older people, we get it. We understand the Beverly Hillbillies and the Clampets with everything piled on top, like Vienna sausage in a can. They're all just sort of squished in there. Laughs aside, how many times in my interactions with people and conversations with people um, do I find that, that there are a lot of people, probably more than, than not, that are carrying around extra baggage? Are you with me? And, and let me just say this up front, and just sitting in your notes, but you can only carry around what you're willing to pack. For you to carry it around, you've got to be the one that's willing to pack. You, you are the one that has to pack it into the suitcase. Some people are better than carry, better about carrying extra luggage than other people. And, and sometimes early on when you, when you pack all of that luggage, man, you can do it for a while, but you don't realize the amount of stress and the amount of strain that it causes until maybe later on. can affect you, weigh you down, wear you out. So where does some of that baggage come from? Maybe it's unmet expectations. Something didn't go as planned. Um, something didn't go as expected. Maybe it's like going through the drive-thru and you know, you place your order, you get the order, you're in a rush, you, you put it over to the side, you get going down the road, you reach in and, and you're gonna grab, but all of a sudden you're not grabbing what you think you're gonna grab. Are you with me? You know, you thought you got a big fry, but instead you got a little fry. Or you thought you got a hamburger, but instead you maybe got a, like a chick sandwich or something. I don't really know. But the expectation, and all of a sudden, man, you know, you're still like going, are you kidding me? And you get a little angry. Are you, you sense that feeling? Maybe if the apple pie wasn't in there that you ordered. That's happened to me several times. But things didn't go as expected, and as a result, there was a tension that you faced. Let's just ramp up the illustration just a little bit. Maybe it's not just going through the drive-thru. Maybe it's the unmet, unmet expectation of a spouse. Something didn't go as expected. Something, that, something wasn't done the way you thought it should be done. And as a result, there's that tension, that anger that, it, that is exposed. Or maybe it wasn't a spouse. Maybe it was a child. Or maybe it was a boss because you didn't get the, the raise that you expected. Or maybe you didn't get the upgrade in the position or Maybe it was your pastor because he didn't call you when you thought he should call or visit when you thought he should visit. And as a result, you're, you're, you're struggling and you're wrestling. You didn't get what you thought you deserved or something that you wanted. And as a result, you packed the baggage on. And I think you understand. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13, 12, that hope deferred makes the heart sick but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And how many of us in this room would identify ourselves as a follower of Jesus, and yet our heart is sick and hurting because something just didn't go as expected or desired? What about untreated pain? Maybe it's mental, maybe it's emotional, could be relational, could be even something physical. And the reality is that you may be sitting right next to somebody today that is in a, in a tense uh, amount of pain and yet you don't know it because we live in a culture that says, I'm okay and you're okay. Hey, listen, just smile, put some makeup on and everything's going to be all right. 
And yet there's that unrelenting, overwhelming sense of pain that just continues to ache at your heart. And you, you know the drill. Man, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, brother. Everything's fine. It's like my brother Dwight says, the word fine means feeling insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yeah. God called out the prophet Jeremiah to speak up and confront the sins of those that were living inside the southern kingdom in that period of time. And in Jeremiah 6, 14, he would say, they offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wounds. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. And time after time, Jeremiah would remind them and call them and confront their sin and call them to repentance. But they didn't want to hear the message. They didn't want to hear the message that that Jeremiah was presenting. They just wanted to hear, man, everything's going okay. Everything's fine. It's, it's good. But ignoring the truth never makes things better. There's no peace apart from truth, and there's no peace apart from God. There's an old saying that goes something along this line. You can paint, a rotten, you can paint rotten wood to distract from the obvious, but the wood is still rotten. Looks can be so deceiving, but regardless of the appearance, there is no peace without truth. And yet, how many of us are carrying around that extra weight around our neck? And it's impacting us. What about this unresolved yesterdays? Anything hanging over your head from yesterday that's unresolved? How many of us to deny that anything ever even happened? How many of us, maybe it's not denied it, maybe it's just the fact that you procrastinate to seek to make things right, to resolve the unresolved. It was the Apostle Paul when he was talking uh, about putting off stuff would say this to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter four. And don't sin by letting anger control you. And Paul goes on to talk to us about the secret of how not to let anger, which we will face, turn into a sin. And this is what Paul said that was his solution. He said, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And I don't think it's necessarily talking about a, a time frame or the sun itself, but I think he's saying, listen, don't put off that which needs to be done. But he's actually saying here, there might be a time when we find ourselves at odds with another person, but instead of holding on to that unresolved conflict, go and fix it. Don't procrastinate. Don't go to bed. Don't let it continue to linger on, but seek to resolve it quickly. But if we don't, look at what he says in verse 27, for anger gives foothold to the devil. And how many of us are carrying around the baggage of unresolved yesterdays because we won't seek to resolve that which is unresolved. But you don't understand. They betrayed me. They wronged me. They hurt me. And Paul would say, listen, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't, don't seek to procrastinate that which needs to be done. See, the focus isn't retribution, but it's reconciliation. It's not about being right, but about having the right attitude and being motivated, not by pride, but by love and by honoring God. Psalms 37, 8 says, stop being angry. Turn, your, turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm not only for us, but also for the others involved and those around us. But so many times we find it so easy just to put things off and not recognizing that it's putting more weight and more weight and more weight. You know, if we listen to what God's Word says, it's a pattern for living here. There, there, there's, there's, a, there's a pattern here that makes life easier. 
There's a pattern here that we find in the scriptures that, that, that makes life so much more bearable and, and enjoyable. We don't have to carry that weight. But what about the baggage of an unhealthy view of self? It's, it's crazy how much, so much of our, our view of self and our self-esteem flows not only from what we think, but what others think, but not only what others think, what we think other people think about us. I mean, how many times is our stinking thinking filled with, with because we've, we've given space there, we've given space for some lies to grow because maybe we lack a certain skill or a certain talent or we don't have the right color hair or maybe we're not the right size or, or maybe we aren't part of a certain group. And how many times do we let our feelings and the lies from the devil himself impact us instead of going to the truth of what God says about us and how he views us? When Paul was writing to the church at Rome in the last part there of chapter 12 in verse 3, Paul would write, and I paraphrase, some people struggle to, to see their true value and their worth while other people think too much of themselves. Hmm. This is what the message version has to say. It says it this way. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God did and by what he does for us and by what we are and what we and not what we are and what we do for him. Just think about that for a minute. Let it sink in that my view of myself isn't, shouldn't be based on what I think or what somebody else thinks, but it should be rooted in God's love and who he is and what he thinks about me. So when you hear that voice, you're worthless. Oh, no, no, no. See, you're a loser. Oh, no, I don't think so. There's no hope for you. Well, that's not what my daddy says. Are you with me? Yet how many times do we fill our minds with the lies? And Paul said, listen, be careful to the messages that you listen to because there's only one view that matters. What about the fifth thing, unconfessed sin? Unconfessed sin. Change doesn't happen without first revelation and acknowledgement. Confession says, it's me. It's me. I did it. Yet how many times do we ignore the truth and try to place the blame on somebody or some other group of people? How many of us are carrying around the weight of unconfessed sin and we refuse to acknowledge the truth and repent and to turn to God. It, it was David. It was David. I mean, we, we find it in Psalms 32 when David gives a testimony of his life. When he says there in verse 3 and 4, when I refuse to confess my sin, when I refuse to acknowledge the truth, he said, my body, it wasted away and I groaned all day Day and night your hand of discipline was upon me, and my strength evaporated like water in a summer heat. And you think about this. I mean, here's David who knew what he had done. He knew the sin that he had committed to Bathsheba. He knew his heart. But up until that time, he just, he just bypassed it, put it off on the side until, day, until Nathan confronted him. Up until that time, he tried to cover it up. He tried to hide it. He knew what he had done. But he refused to acknowledge the truth. And as a result, it said it made him sick emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Maybe that's your issue today. Maybe you've been hiding and maybe you've been covering up and 
You wonder why your bones are aching and you wonder why your mind is so confused and you wonder why your heart is the way it is and you wonder why you're struggling. So how do I get rid of it? How do I get rid of the baggage? How do, how do I get rid of the stuff that I've been carrying around, that I'm toting around, that, that I, I, it started out, it was okay, man, I could carry it, I could put it on, and I, 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 could, I was okay, but the longer it goes, the more it seems to tire me out and weigh me down and distract me. I'll give you three things. Number one, you need to recognize that you're in a battle, and the battle that you're in is a real battle. Write it down someplace. You're in a war. When writing to the church at Corinth, Paul would say this in his second letter in, in chapter 10, verses 3 and following. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. In other words, we, we might think that our problems are worldly in nature, but they really aren't. They're really spiritual. They're spiritual issues, and you can't fix a spiritual problem with a natural solution. You have to fix a spiritual problem with a spiritual solution. We can't live as the world does and fight the battles as the world fights them, but we have to realize that we're at war and things are different. And we've got to choose to fight with the right weapons. Paul goes on to say in verse 4 that we use God's mighty weapons like prayer and like faith and like love and God's Word and listening to the Holy Spirit, not worldly weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds. And that's, a, that's a really a good word to underline, strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. That word stronghold, we could maybe say it, it sort of is a replacement for the word baggage. Stronghold, something that's attached to you. We call it a stronghold because it has a stronghold on you. And you might be doing great, except for this one area. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's lies. Maybe it's guilt, shame from days past. Maybe it's the tapes that are playing over and over and over in your head that, that are telling you that you're worthless and that you're insignificant. That Greek word for stronghold, it means prisoner. A prisoner locked in by deception Living life uh, by something that isn't even true. And the thought is today is that how many times is our baggage the result of a lie? How many times is that which we're carrying around the result of something that's because of the deceiver himself? The baggage that we carry as a low self of low self-esteem might be the result of a test score, a report card. Or did you hear what they were saying about me? Or as an adult, it may be something from the past in that moment. But all of a sudden, that moment, you begin to, to sense that one thing. But God sees something totally different in you. I meet people all the time, and I hear this all the time, but you just don't understand. Oh, yes, I do understand. I get it. I understand. See, I understand what it's like to focus on the past, but I also understand who I am in Christ. Amen? And we can spend all of our time wallowing in the past. And sure, listen, there are consequences to those things in the past. And you can't run from those things. Do you know? Oh, yes, I know. And as a result, I'm facing the consequences of my sins. But we should see ourselves in being covered by the blood of Jesus because of his love and because of his affection. We can continue to live under that which is a lie, but that's not who God's called us to be. We're to live in truth, in the truth we will never live and experience freedom as long as our life is based on something that isn't true. 
We will only become a prisoner to deception. And if that's so, then what's the solution? If the problem is deception and the lies that we're listening to, then it's imperative that we know the truth. See, some of us are being pressed down. We're in this series about being pressed. We're pressed so many times because we're not living in the truth because we don't know the truth and we find the truth in God's word. If we're going to get rid of the strongholds, look what Paul said in, in there in verse 5 there in chapter, uh, chapter 10 in 2 Corinthians. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And then that third thought, know the difference between darkness and light by knowing God's word and choose light. Not the false lies, but the truth. Choose the truth, but to choose the truth, you've got to know the truth. See, the enemy wants to whisper in our ears every lie that we're willing to listen to, but we've got to know the truth. You've got to be able to say, no, 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 no. Oh, no, that's, that's a lie. And you can say that when you know the word. You can say that when you know your daddy. You can say that when you know what your daddy thinks about you. Watch this video clip with me. You've heard the saying, he's carrying a lot of baggage from his past, or avoid her. Baggage. But think about it. I mean, baggage, it's, we get it from other people, the things that they do to us or say to us. And if we carry those memories around, in essence, we carry baggage. We begin collecting baggage when we're just little kids. There you are. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey. Hey, I need to talk to you. Yeah, what? Well, um, we were talking about building the, the tree house. Yeah, yeah. I, I love tree houses. Yeah, it's just a thing. Um, see, you can't help us build the tree house. Why? Well, you don't really want me to tell you. Yeah, I do. Okay, well, we were talking, uh -huh. um, um, the gang, we were talking, and, yeah. um, well, you're too fat. What? You'll weigh down the treehouse. I'm not fat. Yes. No, no, yes. I'm not. No, no. Uh, mommy just says I'm big boned. Dinosaurs are big boned. You're fat. No, no, no. Mommy says I'm chunky. <laughs> Peanut butter's chunky. You're fat. No, no, no. no. Mommy says that I've lost weight. I think you found it. No, no, no. Mommy says I'm just different. <laughs> Your mommy says you're just different? Yeah, I'm just different. <laughs> go back to where you came from. I gotta go. Bye. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's one of the biggest lies we teach children. Words hurt. They cut deep. And if we carry around the words of other people, essentially what we do is we're collecting baggage. See, we can't, we can't find our self-worth based on what other people think of us. We have to find our self-worth based on Christ and our relationship with Him but it doesn't seem to be that easy. And as life goes on and we get older, we just tend to collect more baggage. Sometimes we pick up baggage from people who are very close to us, like a best friend. No, I, I know. I know, Shelly. I know. It's like we talked for three hours and it seemed like five minutes. I know, I know, I know. It's like we have this amazing connection, this chemistry. Okay, I'm just going to say this, Shelly. I've never said this to anyone in a really long time. Um, but I, Shelly, I feel like you're... You're my density. I really, really do. Hmm? No, I, you're right. You're my, you're my destiny. That's what I meant. You're my destiny, right? I'm just so flawed. Hey, he's right here. I gotta go. Okay, bye. Hey, buddy, what's up? How much are you talking to? Um, um, talking to my mom. Your mom's your destiny. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, she gave birth to me and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Kudos. Really? Yeah. Because it sounds like you said Shelly. Yeah, um, that's, her, that's her name. I thought your mom's name was Kelly. That's her middle name. Your mom's name's Kelly Shelly? Yeah, yeah, and she was picked on a lot when she was a kid, so I just really tried to encourage her all the time and tell her that I love her. What's wrong with that? Okay, I mean, okay, great thing uh, whatever, do. whatever. Did you talk to my Shelly? Yeah, I did. Um, and? She's not, she's not gonna be your Shelly. Look, we just started talking. We just, we just kind of hit it off. I mean, it just happened. I mean, what? we had this great chemistry. It just. No, 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 no. You were supposed to call her for me. I did. I started out doing that. I did. You no. gotta believe me. You're supposed to be my best friend. I, I am. Don't, don't let a girl come between us, okay? This I is not a big. You did this. Look, man. You know I've liked her since we were in kindergarten, and you were supposed to talk to her for me. Yes, but but I've been your best friend since kindergarten, and we've always said growing up, best friends forever, right? Yeah, well, you know what? Forever just got a lot shorter. Don't do this. Don't do this. It's a you did this. You're supposed to be my best friend. And our friends, they're just trying to get through life the same way we are. And sometimes they're going to make poor choices, and we can either learn to forgive them or pick up more baggage. You know the truth about baggage is we don't need other people to load it on us. We do a pretty good job of dumping baggage on ourselves when we compare ourselves to others. We think things like, oh, if I could be as popular as they are, if I could be as gifted and talented as they are, but I'm not. I'm a loser. I'm no good. And when we think that, we pick up more baggage. Or we find ourselves thinking, they have it made. And why is life so easy for them and so hard for me? I'm never gonna make it. And when we buy into that lie, more baggage. And sometimes, sometimes we pick up baggage from people who love us dearly. They just don't realize that their words cut like a knife. Son. Hey, Dad. What happened out there? Uh, um, the ball slipped. The, the lights got in my eyes. It was... The lights got in your eyes? Yeah. You know that's what costs us the game, don't you? Yeah. The ball slipped. How many times have I gotten up in the morning before 5 a.m., before I go to work, to work on the stuff with you, huh? There were scouts out there. You realize that? Dad, the ball slipped. The ball slipped. It did. I mean, what, what do you want? Hey, coach. Huh? No. <laughs> Butterfingers, yeah. <laughs> We're going to work with them. Uh-huh. All right. See you later. Are you crying? No. Well, don't. Pull it together. People are watching. <sighs> I want you to grab your stuff. I'm going to go to the car, and I'll meet you there, all right? Dad, I'm just disappointed in you, all right? These were our dreams, right? Grab your stuff. And our parents, they don't mean to hurt us. It's just they've got their own baggage. And when you don't deal with baggage, you pass it on. And for us, 
we have to learn to find our self-worth only in our relationship with Christ. And if we don't, we pick up more baggage. It gets uncomfortable, tedious, and our natural tendency is to want to dump this baggage onto someone else, but it always backfires. Hey, can I ask you a question? What are you doing in my room? I just need to ask you a question. What? Can, can you give me and my friends a, a ride to school? It, it, it's cold and I don't want to ride my bike. <laughs> what? what? Are you really asking that? Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Just give me a ride and some of my friends to school. You need to understand something. Just because you and your loser friends are in high school now doesn't mean I'm going to give you a ride, okay? Because look at me. You need to understand that when people look at you, they see a freak, all right? And if they know that I'm related to you, if they know we're brothers, they're gonna think I'm a freak too, okay? And I'm not okay with that. So here's the deal, I don't care how you get there, I don't care if you have to walk or crawl or whatever, but I'm not gonna be a chauffeur for you and your loser friends, okay? It's not my fault that dad left. Why do you keep taking out on me? Whatever. No, you know I'm right. Okay, I'm sorry. You're not sorry, you're only sorry that I'm calling you out. I'll ride my bike. I said I was sorry. I'll ride my bike. Come on. And in the process of trying to dump our baggage on someone else, inevitably what happens is we pick up more baggage. And then there's that one. My sin. My secret sin. It's, um, it's cool. I mean, uh, I've got it under control. Who am I kidding? Most of the time it has control of me. And this is the way I live. And yet, I hear the words of Christ who says, I've come that you may have life and may have it abundantly. I don't know about you, but th this doesn't really feel like abundant life to me. I, I, I can't walk straight. I, I can barely keep my balance. And then, and then I remember his words. Because Christ also said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what I want. That's what I want. So I go to God. God, please, if you're willing, would you take this baggage from me? Because God, I'm miserable and I can't live this way anymore. Please take it. You know what? It takes it. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And yet how many times as professing believers, are we wrestling?
Are we struggling? Are we hurting? In pain? We put the makeup on. We smile. And we go through the motions. And yet there is no abundant life that we so much brag about. Can I give you three small things as we finish up? These are truths that come from God's Word that when you walk out these doors today, I don't ever want you to forget them. Can I do that? Can I give you three things today that, that I don't ever want you to forget that regardless of wherever you may be or whatever you may be walking through, I want to give you three things that you can hold on to that you write down, you write them on your mirror, you write them wherever it is in those places because the devil always wants to remind you of the past. But I want you to hold on to these three, these three truths. Romans 12 Paul would say, don't copy the favors and customs of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's a huge deal. And and one of the biggest things we have to recognize, and we talk about this over and over and over again, you've got to know the truth. But in God's Word, you'll find these three things. Number one, and we've sang it, God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. Truth number one, God loves me loves me. Regardless of what you think, regardless of what you've done, God loves me. There is no but clause in when it comes to God's love. It's not God loves me, but he loves you, period. Amen? If God had a refrigerator, I've said this before, your picture would be on it. It's just the way it is. Um, You know how much God loves you because the Bible tells us how much he loves us and the extent that he went to demonstrate his love. He would send his son Jesus to to give his life as a sacrifice for our sin. I love you. I pray for you. I think about you all the time. I do. Man, I, I, man, I, I, I just, you're on my heart and you're my, my, on my mind. But let me say this. If my son Caleb had to give his life for you, I don't think you would make it. But that wasn't what our Heavenly Father did. He sent His only Son. His only Son. Because He loves us. So God loves us. The second thing that I want to tell you is this, is God will free you. God will free you. He offers us freedom, yet how many of us still buy into the lie that we have to carry that extra weight around? Romans 8, chapter 1 Um, chapter 1, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2, says this, and from the message, with the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us to no longer live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. From death to life, from hopelessness to hope, Freedom comes in Jesus. Jesus not only died for our salvation, but he also died to free us from the bondage of sin and baggage that you've seen today. God loves me. God will free me. But also, 
God restores me. The third truth. Psalm 71, you have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. That's what God's Word says. And it's true. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find strength and they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not faint. But instead of continuing to live under the weight and the bondage of the unnecessary baggage, we have to be willing to acknowledge the obvious and choose freedom. You got to press through the lies to remember that God loves us, that He frees us, and that He alone is the one that restores us. Amen? I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to be weighted down. I don't want to be a church family that's weighted down with a bunch of junk. I don't want to be a church family where you feel like you've got to put on the, put on the makeup and everything's fine. That's not who we are. We're a church family that walks alongside of one another. And if you're in pain and you're, in, you're despondent and you're struggling, you don't have to live in that bubble. You don't have to isolate yourself. That's another life in the pits of hell. You don't have to do that. God loves me. God will free me. And God will restore me. And yes, I said it early on, you're the only one that can pack your luggage. You got to pack it up. You will carry around what you choose to pack what you choose to pack. And only you are the one that can unpack it by going to Jesus. Today, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, we ask it all the time, what is it that keeps you from making the most important decision of your life? You can be a follower of Christ and claim to have Jesus at the center of your life and yet struggle with baggage. God loves me. God will free me. God will restore me. Father, I'm thankful today for the opportunity we have to go back to your word to be reminded of some of the truths, truths that are very important to us that even though they are so simple, they are so strong and they are so, so meaningful, so important for those of us that have, can identify with our, our discussion today. Lord, I pray that they would be willing to come to you and first of all, acknowledge that sin, whatever it may be, to acknowledge the baggage, don't try to run from it. We've learned some really important principles today that, that we can employ, that, we can, that will empower us to, to experience the freedom that we have in Christ. For us as believers, help us to utilize those tools that we find in Scripture. For the person here that may be here today that doesn't know you, Lord, the greatest decision that we can make in our life is coming to the place of humbling ourselves, taking off the mask and recognizing our sin and believing what Jesus did 2,000 years ago when he gave himself as a sacrifice for our sin. Help us to not live under the bondage of the baggage. Help us to live in the freedom of Christ. As we walk out these doors today, help us to take these things and may they be impactful in our lives and help us to take these truths and to be able to share them as we go and as we're in your ambassadors. And Lord, for our graduates this year and our families 
that have students that are graduating, I pray for them in this next part of the journey that they would take what they've learned here and they would go be world changers. That's what I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.